When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer is facing massive demonstrations against her stay-at-home executive order. In this segment, you'll hear from Whitmer as she joins national political reporter Robert Costa. Let's listen. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Washington Post Live. I'm Bob Costa, national political reporter here at the Washington Post. Joining me this afternoon is Governor Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan, a Democrat. She was elected in 2018 after a long career in state politics, including serving in the state legislature, where she was minority leader of the Michigan Senate. And a few months ago, you may remember, it feels like a long time ago, but she did deliver the Democratic response to President Trump's State of the Union address. Governor Whitmer, welcome to Washington Post Live. Thank you. Good to be with you. Governor, based on the data and what's happening in your state, are you thinking about extending the stay-at-home order in Michigan beyond May 1st? Well, there's no question that we have to be very slow and methodical. We have to pay attention to the data, listen to you know the medical experts and our public health experts to know that we are ready when. And then what does it look like when we do begin to re-engage? And to be mindful that there are different sectors of um, our economy, different sectors of our regions of our state, for instance. And so we're gonna be really um, data-driven we have a rigorous um, you know, exercise that we are going through right now to plan this work. The odds are that everyone will resume life as normal are zero. And so what we do know is that we will have to be very slow. And for some, we will continue to be in the posture that we are currently in. For others, we will start to ramp up a bit where it's lower risk and where we can think we can do so safely without risking a second wave of COVID-19. And so some form of an order will continue on, but our hope is that we will start to slowly re-engage sectors of our economy that, in a way that keeps our employees and our um, customers safe alike. So to follow up on that, what kinds of sectors could be reopened in May, even if part of the stay-at-home order remains in place? Well, my order is one of the uh, most aggressive in the nation. And I think that we can look to what other states have been doing to understand where there is additional risk or not risk. As we assess beyond that, that first wave, and there will be many waves of opening up variety of um, sectors of the economy, we're asking questions like, is it indoor or outdoor work? How closely does it interface with the public? Is it, you know, uh, getting your nails done, which is you're touching one another, or is it a landscaping activity? You know, is it um, something that there are shared tools or machinery? These are all things that impact the risk associated with a various type of um, business enterprise. And so, there are, these are just three out of you know, many factors that we are looking at to score and to work with our public health um, experts and working with the University of Michigan and a number of experts around the state of Michigan. 
so that we are really mindful of where the lowest risk is. We'll try it out for a little while, watch the numbers, make sure that we're still able to meet healthcare needs in regions of our state, and then perhaps take the next step. But we have to be nimble enough to recognize where there's been a, a, an, you know, um, a growth of COVID-19 where we pull back, or if there hasn't been where we take maybe the next cautious step forward. And so we're gonna be very um, careful we're gonna pay attention to the science and we're gonna protect people uh, every step of the way. When you look at that phased reopening that could happen in, in Michigan, are you open at all to what the Republicans in your state house have proposed this three tiers in the state in terms of reopening in that framework or do you support a different plan? I think that there are some things um, that would complement the work that we're thinking about um, and the work that we're planning to do. Certainly, we need to build alliances, and um, I welcome all input, no matter where it comes from. But at the end of the day, the most important voices, I think, helping us uh, direct and, and phase this in safely are those of our healthcare experts. And so the work that we're doing centers around the best science. Um, we've got to ramp up testing. We need to see, uh, you know, continually flatten and declining uh, in terms of the curve and hospitalizations. And so there are a lot of different factors that go in. I'm sure that there are uh, pieces of variety of plans that I'll be taking in order to fashion the right one for my state. Governor, when you say ramp up testing, are you speaking of something specific there? Because we hear so much about testing, but what does Michigan really need when it comes to testing? Swabs and reagents. It's really that simple. And it's these um, tools that go into the test that we're all competing for, that we're all trying to get. I, my hope is, I, I know that there was a comment by the White House that they would be moving forward and using the Defense Production Act to start producing swabs. I haven't seen if that's really gonna become a reality or not, but I do know that that is one piece of the test that we don't have enough of. We could maybe do two or even three times more testing than we are right now, but the fact of the matter is we need those swabs and we need reagents so that we can process those tests. You've recently started a task force in Michigan to look at racial disparity. What will that group do? What do you hope it achieves in terms of policy, not just studying the issue? Yeah, well, we know, um, and Michigan was one of the first states to start reporting data about the race of, of people that are testing positive for COVID-19 and people that have lost the battle with COVID-19. I think it was us and Illinois. I know you're going to talk to my friend JV shortly um, and Louisiana. We need to prioritize this as a country. This is holding a mirror up to our country and the generational inequities that people of color have confronted. The inability to get a good job that has healthcare along with it. The inability to access healthcare in a meaningful way. Um, the, there are a lot of different factors that go into this and that's precisely why it's not good enough to just have the data. We gotta study it and we've gotta to put together a plan for how we attack the root problem here. But when 14% of our population is African-American and yet 40% of the deaths, there's no question that this has disproportionately impacted people of color and we have a duty to understand it and to address it. Is there anything the federal government could do on that issue? 
Yeah, so a few weeks ago, when the, first, the, the data first started coming in before I think everyone was focused on it, we saw the difference. And I raised it in a conversation with the vice president and um, acknowledging that we think there's a racial component, a very serious one, and we'd like the federal government, the full weight of the federal government to help get all of the data to coordinate. I've been um, uh, vocal in terms of my observation that we really need more of a national strategy on a variety of fronts. And this is one of those as well, because what's happening in Michigan um, is we're seeing that it's happening in you know, other parts of our country as well. And so it really needs to be a national issue with a federal solution as a part of it. Do you feel like Vice President Pence has been effective for Democratic governors like yourself as head of the task force? You know, I have found Vice President Pence to be very cordial and um, accessible, and I appreciate that. I think as a former governor, especially one from the Midwest, uh, we've been able to build a type of rapport, and I know that's not unique to me that he's done that with a lot of governors on both sides of the aisle across the country. Uh, we need to make sure that governors are have all of the tools we need to lead on these, on this this in this moment to protect lives, and to um, hopefully you know responsibly ramp back up our economies. But we need complete partnership from the federal government. I have found the vice president to be very helpful, and as I said, um, accessible and responsive. What did you think? What was the first thing that went through your mind, Governor? when you saw President Trump tweeted, liberate Michigan? Well, you know, I, I, we had just come off of um, a demonstration in at the Capitol, and we had a lot of people show up who were not wearing masks, who were not staying six feet apart. I saw adults handing things to children, barehanded. And we know that this kind of activity flies in the face of all of the best science, including the scientists that are standing up at the nightly briefing with the president who have told us 30 days, you know, um, they have promulgated a lot of the same uh, best practices that we are encouraging people to undertake. And so to see this play out, I think was, was really unfortunate. And I worry that while I respect their right to dissent and to demonstrate so long as they're doing responsibly and they're not endangering themselves or other people, I respect that. But to see people come from across the state and converge to stay that close to one another and to congregate like that and then to go back into different parts of the state is very concerning because I know the um, purported re rationale for it was they don't like the stay home order. And yet that activity might necessitate lengthening the stay home order because if they brought COVID-19 into parts of the state where it wasn't prevalent before, that's going to be a problem for us to re-engage, you know, at the earliest possible moment. You said you respect their rights, uh, their First Amendment rights to protest. At the same time, you do raise public health issues and concerns. So if there are future protests, are you considering at all shutting down those protests or bringing in a police presence to try to it, uh, enforce social distancing at some level? Well, I think that there are a lot of complications with that. You know, we've got a lot of first responders who uh, we have to protect their health as well. And throwing a number of people into jail um, is not uh, a thing that I think is um, a, a my, you know, a smart strategy when you are trying to stop the spread of what is a global pandemic. And that's precisely why on the phone call with the governors yesterday, um, I did ask 
the vice president for some assistance from the federal government to reiterate how important it is to observe these stay home orders. Now, the good news, I know we've all seen the pictures of these demonstrations, but the good news is the vast majority of people in my state and in all these other states that are having demonstrations, the vast majority of the people are doing the right thing. We see that bear out in the numbers of, of what Google will tell us how much is how much people are traveling. We see that bear out in terms of a curve that continues to flatten. And so the vast majority of people are doing the right thing. If the if we could get some support out of the federal government to reiterate how important it is to stay the course, to stay at home, that's how we stop the spread. And that's how we get to a place where we can safely start to re-engage sectors of our economy. And I know that's what everyone wants. But when you watch those protesters, and I know you're trying to work with the federal government and Vice President Pence and even President Trump, do you partly hold President Trump responsible for the unrest in your state? Well, I do think that a consistent, cohesive message from everyone who has a platform would go a long way toward quelling some of the anxiety that people are feeling. I get it. You know, people are feeling isolated. They're lonely. They're worried about their business reopening. They're worried about getting a job again. A lot of people are mourning the loss of loved ones. I mean, this isn't easy. But I also know that this is a finite period of time. We're asking people to take this action now for the betterment of everyone. It's not about taking your right to assemble away. It's about making sure that my father's right to live is protected. You know, and, and that's the, the trade-off here. You know, we're not asking people to go into our factories and build bombers like we did in World War II. We're asking people to stay home. That's what doing your part looks like in a war with an enemy that is a virus. And so we need to focus on the fact that this is a short period of time and we all have to do our best to educate people to quell the anxieties and to encourage this behavior so that we can get through this better with the fewer lives lost and in a way that we can safely re-engage the economy. Governor Whitmer, I appreciate you having this conversation about the pandemic, but just one final question as a political reporter, I must ask, has Vice President Biden or his campaign asked you for any vetting or personal information in recent weeks? You know, I have talked to Joe Biden many times. He checks in uh, relatively regularly to see what's going on in Michigan. We've not had that conversation. I think he's he's a wonderful guy. I think he'll be, you know, he's a great candidate. I am happy to be one of his supporters. Um, I trust him implicitly. And at this point in time, I'm not spending any more energy in politics. All I'm focused on is trying to do everything I can to save lives here in Michigan. So has he asked for documents or not? No, not yet. Governor Whitmer, <laughs> I wish you all the best in Michigan as you deal with this pandemic. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.